Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Ozzy and Harriet, the audio presentation you're about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. Please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or that you need to pay bills. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything that will be shared is part of this podcast is based in facts. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. <laughs> It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, the Trail Breaker, the History Maker, the Enigmatic, Charismatic Dispenser of Casino Wisdom, your host for episode 88 of our Casino Combat Podcast. I am, as always, being recorded live without a studio audience in parts unknown. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Episode 88. That uh, that seems like that should be a big deal. We have not done this in a while. Let's check out the big book of numerology. Let's see what it says about the number 88, and then we will sort out the battle plan for this episode. Let me see. Here we go. 86, 87. Here we go. Here we go. 88. 88 has a numerology meaning of abundance, prosperity, and success in many different ways. It reminds you that the universe is supporting you right now with all of your hard work and there's nothing standing in your way. Well, excellent. That's a lot to live up to, but as always, the big book of numerology does not disappoint. That's exactly you're going to see it. You're going to see it when we do results. That's exactly how I'm feeling right now. That is right on point. This episode should be able to deliver all of the true meanings of the number 88 and do so relatively easily. I've got a, a great deal of abundance, prosperity, and success to share with you, as I said, in the results segment. And we're going to do that to start the episode today here in just a few moments. As far as the rest of the battle plan goes, we're going to go back to basics a bit today. I want to talk some about the mindset that the core concepts should provide, as well as the mindset that they should help you avoid. And I'm going to do that in a core concept segment and then follow that with a moment of casino wisdom and revisit very important wisdom. And it, it came to mind because of something a bartender reminded me about, something a bartender said recently. And I really want to show you a casino trip, a normal local casino visit for me through the framework or the lens that one of my favorite casino wisdoms to provides. And we're going to do a moment of casino wisdom today. And I'm going to share that framework, that lens, that point of view with you. And I think it's going to combine well with the core concept segment today. And then we're going to finish up. We always do. I love hanging out in, in the virtual VIP lounge with all of you. I love having some virtual sips with all of you. And I thought today that I would use that segment to share some TRG-isms with you. And I'll explain what those are when we get there. They're a little bit over the top, a little bit absurd, and uh, things I say from time to time, and I have a strategic reason for doing it. I have a, a thought process behind it, and maybe you'll find that enlightening. So not 
there'll be a story or two. There will be some stories to go with the sips, but I do really want to teach. I do really want to educate. I do really want to provide a, a viewpoint, a way of thinking about things, a way of thinking about how you show yourself to the casino in some situations. I think there are things there that you may be able to um, incorporate into what you do. Not necessarily with my sayings, although you're welcome to them, but also just kind of how you handle some situations. Before we jump to that results segment, let me update you just a bit on the squad. Inner Circle member Gator Gambler, fifth to the ring, recently took a trip to Las Vegas with a copy of my results tracking app, and we had discussed perhaps doing a feedback segment on the app when he got back from his trip. I didn't hear from him when he got back from his trip. It, it, I started to wonder what had happened. I was thinking maybe I needed to, to reach out to him. And then the following shows up in my inbox. And it says, Hi TRG, sorry for going dark on you. After I returned from my last trip, I was down on myself. Down on my play. Down on my lack of discipline. Just plain down. Took less than a week because of being down because I got my losses back and more on some Tesla and Amazon puts when the market was tanking. I then got busy with life and work. Sorry. I did want to let you know that your app was simplistic brilliance and helped me track everything down to the penny. Even though I didn't really care to review it when I returned, it did provide me a different way of looking at what I was being given and all the money I was tipping, even while losing. And there's, look, Particularly for Inner Circle members, there's never an apology needed. We are going to spend time together in various ways, online, offline, real world. We're going to go away from each other for a little bit, and then we're going to come back together. And that's what a squad does. So, no apologies needed. No problem there. Look, I survived 10 days of losing in early March. I am sympathetic to being down because of, of negative results. Part of the road to winning consistently is both losing repeatedly from time to time, as well as learning from mistakes made along the way, like not being as disciplined as you would like to be. I suspect no successful gambler got to the point of success without occasionally being down on themselves for something they did that they wished they hadn't done, didn't plan to do, that they were not as disciplined as they needed to be. As for the review of the app, simplistic is certainly fair. Uh, I intend it to, it to be simplistic. It needs to be easy for me or it becomes a barrier in the casino. It can't become for me something that you don't want to do because it's too difficult, takes too long. I wanted it to be a quick set of drop-down, drop-down, drop-down menu choices and then a number value and some quick notes. Brilliant is a wonderful compliment. Simplistic brilliance actually may not be over the top here. It The app may, in fact, be simplistic brilliance. That's very possible. Seeing gambling results differently, to, to go to his last comment, seeing gambling results differently is also exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted it simple, and perhaps the brilliance is that it shows you results in a different and consistent way. We got this review. We've had a couple people use it now. Equine Ensign used it. I mentioned last episode that I'm happy to create additional personal copies of the results tracking app for Inner Circle and Excelsior Brigade members as a perk of membership or for other listeners 
for a reasonable fee, and we will work out what reasonable means to you. Happy to do that. If you're interested, send me an email, trg at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, spell combat with a K. Hopefully, we don't need to remind you of that, but do not forget, spell that with a K. If you're interested, send me that email. We will sort it out. A couple little quick, very simple, easy things for you to do on your end, then I do my part, and then I turn your app and your spreadsheet over to you and... We're a squad. Happy to do that for any single member, and we'll figure out how that makes sense. If you want to get a general idea of what the app looks like and how it works, we have a training video on the Casino Combat YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is linked at the top of the CasinoCombat.com website. On the channel, we have a playlist called Results Tracker that has a video that demonstrates the app or a basic version of the app. It'll give you a sense of how everything works. Let me also mention that we have a playlist called Boot Camp on YouTube that has lessons on each of the core concepts of casino combat. You can learn the basics of good casino gambling in less than 90 minutes using that playlist. So go to the website, casinocombat.com, click on the YouTube link, You'll be on our YouTube channel. You will see a playlist for the results tracker. You'll see a playlist for the podcast. You'll see a playlist for the the boot camp series. And that will give you a sense of what the app looks like, how the app works. And you can decide if that's something you think you'd like to have and use. All right. Those are the updates related to the squad. Let's do a results segment. I have some very interesting observations for you, I think. Once again, this episode, I have two weeks worth of results for you, and we're evolving. When I was gambling once or twice a week early in this podcast process, when I was maybe going somewhere one day a week, and then maybe Mrs. TRG and I were taking a trip together on the weekend, or I was doing something without her, going through a casino visit, going through an entire casino week was pretty efficient, right? It's pretty easy to tell you went to casino one, played two two uh, two blackjack tables in the evening, and the next morning we, we played another table and, and, and played a slot machine and left, and we won a day's pay. That's pretty easy and simple to do. I got two weeks for you. They are two virtually identical weeks almost, and it involves gambling almost every day. It involves uh, 10, 10 casino visits, and it's all casino visits you've heard about before. It is going to be boring if I go day by day, table by table, machine by machine. We are back to a point in the world where for me, gambling is a five, six, seven day a week thing. And the profits that go with that are a five, six, seven day a week thing. But if you're a regular listener, you know how this goes. Gambled locally, got free stuff every day, visit the slot parlor with the horse track for free play and free food and free stuff, do the five casinos in 28-hour trip, do a trip with Mrs. TRG to Casino One. You know, you do, you know, you know, if you've listened at all, the standard rambling and gambling that we do. If you are new to this, I apologize for giving you a slightly different version than what other people have got. We have plenty. Go go to the early episodes. Go to the episodes in the 20s and 30s, and, and there are some breakdown that there in detail of trips piece by piece by piece by piece. Going to take a little different view today, and I am going to focus on observations and learning moments that occurred as some funny stuff. And then I'm going to give you a breakdown at the end rather than going through each day, each piece 
and and all of that. I think there's more to be learned from observations and and moments that happened and some humor than in going through all of the breakdowns there. So here we go. We had some tales from the vest, and I just I'm always amused by it. I suspect that means some of you will be amused by it, but. It always seems to me that a guy wearing black jeans, a black denim vest, a dress shirt, wearing western boots with a cocktail in his hand should not look like an employee who knows things for whatever reason. And I thought it was the vest, and I guess I, I even encourage some of you to find out. Um, maybe not. Uh, maybe not at all because I'm at the MGM property on the five casinos in 28 hours trip that I made uh, during this process. And I'm as, as described, right? I'm, I'm wearing ostrich skin boots. I've got a cocktail in my hand. I'm just kind of walking through the casino and a young man comes up to me and says, excuse me, if I could just have a minute of your time, I need to know where the video Kino slot machines are here. I can't seem to find them. I know you have some. I have never played a Kino slot machine in my life. I have no clue, never seen them. Normally when I get a request, I know the answer. You know, if you're asking me where the rewards desk is, if you're asking me how to uh, get coffee, as one uh, as one nice lady did, if you're asking me where you can get a player's card, where the cage is, I almost always know that for everywhere that I am. And so I just pretend I'm an employee, help people out, and, and we all move on. But in this case, I had to confess to this, this young man that I did not know where the Kino slot machines were because I did not work there. And he looks at me and he pauses and he goes, it's the maroon shirt. You, you look the part. You do. You look the part. So I just assumed it, it's the maroon shirt. So there's some evidence that it's not the vest. It's the shirt. So we're seeing two different theories emerge here. One theory is it's the vest. And the other theory is it is just solid colored dress shirts and my sparkling personality. I don't know. We've seen a bit of both. I just, maybe I'm the only one. No, I'm not the only one because my wife is also amused by it. Uh, Another great example. We did take a trip to Casino One, the casino where all of this wonderfulness first started, where the idea first occurred. That is two hours east and south of our home. It is not affiliated with any particular casino brand. And we go to the cage and there's a whole bunch of remodeling going on. They're redoing a whole section of the casino floor in terms of slot machines. And so we, we go to the cage to do some transactions, get some uh, match play, something like that. And I overhear someone at the cage explaining to another guest that they're remodeling and redoing and moving the slot machines into clusters instead of lines. And it's going to take a couple weeks. And then we proceed to, I use a kiosk and I do my transactions at the kiosk. And then I take some steps back to get out of everyone's way. And Mrs. TRG is now doing the same thing. And a woman comes right up to me and says, what is this line for? And what is going on with this remodeling? And I don't think anything about it, particularly once again, I know the answers. And I explained that the line is for the cage, but if she doesn't need to go to the cage, there's another space to the right beside the plastic sheeting where she can walk and that the plastic sheeting is covering some remodeling that's going on. They're going to be putting the slots in groups instead of lines. And she says, thank you very much. And the next person behind her comes up and says, where is the nearest ATM? And I tell her, if you go to your left and then down the hallway, there will be an ATM on your right. And then Mrs. TRG is the next person 
And she has observed the whole thing. And she points out to me that I didn't realize where I was standing. I'm standing basically at attention right beside the security podium. And at the security podium, there is an elderly, older, I shouldn't say elderly, that's not fair. There is an older security guard who has no real job other than to be the security guard and not let obviously obviously two young people yeah, that was said badly. Let me try that again. His job is to make sure that anyone that looks too young to enter the casino has their ID checked before they get in. And otherwise, he doesn't really have any other responsibilities. So I'm standing there and standing standing tall and looking like an employee. I looked like a person there beside security to greet guests and deal with the bottleneck created by the remodeling that was going on. And once Mrs. TRG pointed that out to me, I was like, yep, I looked like an employee for sure. Yep, those make sense. I get those. Those happen. So those are some tales from the vest from from these two weeks. It continues to happen. It continues to be a thing. And we continue to get evidence that it may or may not be the vest. And obviously, I'd like to think it's the vest, but who knows. Next one. This one's fun. And I consider doing this a couple ways. And let me give you some background. If you're not familiar with craps, as some of you may or may not be, in craps, you can bet on what are considered positive outcomes, things that are good for the person with the dice or normally good for the person with the dice. Or you can bet against the shooter, even though the shooter can also bet bet against themselves. But it's considered betting against the shooter. And that is often called playing from the dark side. And I'm going to assume that most of you are familiar with Star Wars and the dark side of the Force. And the often, uh, evil's probably fair. Yeah, yeah, killed a lot of kids. Uh, the evil things that the uh, followers of the dark side do. And uh, I saw an interesting application of this, and I did, I'll confess, I thought about figuring out what my dark side Star Wars craps name would be and and doing this whole segment, doing a whole segment on just this little moment in time and doing the creepy dark side voice and I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to risk that that isn't nearly as good as it would be in my own head when I actually executed it. I am going to talk here in a minute about how you can use the dark side for some very fun evil at a craps table, or at least I had fun doing it. And just to answer the question before it comes in, because I suspect Gwen313 would want to know, uh, if I was going to have done that segment that way, if I was going to have a dark side craps call sign separate from TRG, it would be Darth Aliator. That would be my Star Wars dark side craps name, Darth Aliator. Aliator is Latin for gambler or dice worker. And so I did think about that. Who knows? Maybe if we get some feedback, maybe we'll break out Darth Aliator for his own segment at some point. We'll see. But here's the fun thing that happened, right? They call this the dark side when you're betting for bad things to happen to the people with the dice. And I've been using the don't pass bet, which is to say a dark side bet to use TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding on a Craps Table. A few episodes, you, we did a segment, talked about that. I was just stunningly surprised at how hard I worked to find out that stuff I talked about in episode 1 and 2 works just fine, and I didn't need to bother trying to figure all that stuff out. So I've been playing the dark side. 
and I'm on one end of the table. I'm on the dark side of the table, it turned out to be. I'm just a single person on the on the one end of the table. And at the other end, there are, are four other players when I come in and I make my, my don't pass bet and I get paid and I get paid again. Uh, the dice move every time I get paid, the dice move. And uh, a, a young man notices what's going on and he comes in and he bets the don't pass line. The dice move several more times, which means we get paid. And then another young man joins in. And so now there are three of us on the dark side. And there are four of them on the other side of the table playing the pass line and various numbers. And uh, the, the, one, the one gentleman uh, throws a number or two and then throws a seven and he colors up and leaves. And now it starts. And I didn't even realize it at the moment. But the next guy pays us real quick. Shooter after that, pays us real quick. Shooter after that, pays us real quick. All the dark side's getting paid. The light side is losing. The first gentleman on my on my right to the left of the stick is offered the chance to shoot. He declines. He's betting on bad results. Next gentleman offered the dice, declines. He's expecting bad results. Dice are offered to me. I decline. The dice are passed back to the light side. They all three quickly lose. They all three quickly pay us. One of the gentlemen leaves in disgust. He's out of chips. And now, for the first time ever, I am starting to see it. I am starting to see the power of the dark side in craps. Because once again, all three members of the dark side, we pass. The people on the light side just failed quickly and lost money. And now they're right back with the dice on in their hands. And they fail again. And we pass again. And I can feel it. We are slowly, unless other people reinforce the light side, the dark side of the force, the dark side of the craps game, the you will fail side of the craps game is beating the you will succeed side. As long as no more money comes in, this is really feeling fun to me. Not just because I'm getting paid, but because I'm seeing an aspect of the game that I hadn't previously seen. And it continues. And every time we pass the dice back, they get more frustrated because they can't do anything with them and there's no one reinforcing them. And the next guy drops out and we all pass the dice again. And now the same guy that just failed has to shoot again. He shoots one more time. He fails one more time. He leaves. And the dealers look at all three of us and go, well, all your money makers left. And we just kind of looked at each other and went, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Walked away. Made well over a half a day's pay doing it. Would have obviously been happy to continue to let it run for a while. But that was the first time I've ever, ever seen that if you put enough don't pass betters in the game that don't want to shoot, and the people that are on the pass line, the light side of the force, craps players, if they get not any success going of any kind, it quickly just grinds them out. It quickly just wears them down. They are just constantly having the dice thrown back to them and they're failing and the failure is multiplying and the people on the other side are taking winnings, taking winnings, taking winnings. It Without the creepy voice and without all the other hocus pocus of that ancient religion, it really did feel like we were using the dark side of the force to actually choke the light side players out to the point where they quit and they left the table to us and the dark side won. Last observation, and uh, I'm going to tie in a couple things here, but last observation, I, I like to point out mistakes when I make them. Uh, I like to point out mistakes when I make them because I like to remember not to make them again. 
I like to point them out because I hope that helps others not make mistakes or not make the same mistakes. That's part of the idea here to educate and inform. And I think helping you avoid mistakes that I make could be informative. And obviously we only know over time, but uh, certainly on that same day where I had so much fun seeing the dark side of the force in action at the craps table, I made a mistake. And uh, there certainly was some some uh, adult beverages involved. It was my last table for the night. It was a table that I decided to play just to finish my last nightcap and wrap up my evening and grab a few more points, show the house a little more action. I was I was in a good place winnings wise for the trip, and I thought, well, you you know, maybe there was a little arrogance there, right? Maybe there's a little arrogance mixed in with the adult beverages, but I had a good win. I knew that I could could take a small loss, and it really not hurt my trip. And why not order one more beverage and have a nightcap and pick up a few more dollars because I've been winning. So I joined a table and didn't realize at the time, but the woman there is fully on tilt completely on tilt every time she uses she's like see that's the problem with this casino that's the problem with this place they cheat they don't give you a chance to win this is ridiculous and ran and then more money comes out of her purse several hundred dollars comes out of her purse fifty dollars goes on one side bet and this is a $25 table, $50 on one side bet, she could have bet a dollar, $25 on the other side bet, she could have bet a dollar, $100 on the main bet, she loses them all, she makes one bet all in with the rest of that several hundred dollars, cursing, yelling, screaming the whole time, mad the whole time, fully on tilt, more hundred dollars out of her purse, and I'm winning a little bit, and I'm winning a little bit, and now I reach a point where I should have walked away, And she's still doing this. And I'm expecting her to mentally break. I'm expecting her to at some point stop pulling out $100 bills, either because she has no more or because she's gotten so angry. I'm expecting her to mentally break. And I'm feeling a bit indestructible. I've been, as you heard, doing well, winning consistently. And I am feeling so bad for her. And I'm thinking if I can just get a calm two minutes of her time, I can give her a business card and I can offer to help her and she doesn't have to go through this again and she doesn't need to deal with this and I keep waiting for her to break and I keep waiting and she keeps screaming and cursing and losing hundreds of dollars in a couple hands and I'm gradually losing and I'm so focused on her situation and on wanting to help that I just screw it up. I just gradually lose and lose and lose and she finally does she finally mentally breaks she is screaming about how these people are cheaters and all they do is cheat and all they do is rip you off and it's not a fair chance to win and she has no more money she has like three five dollar bills is all she is able to pull out and she slams her her chair back and knocks it to the ground and says i'm so sick and she goes on another one of her rants and she rants all the way out of the pit all the way to the door. She didn't have the mental break I was expecting or that I was trying to exploit or help with or whatever. I never got the opportunity to try to say, I know what this is like. I can help with this. Didn't happen. And I got caught up feeling sorry for her and gave back what would have been the nice little extra win. Gator Gambler shared a little bit about negative results and being down on himself. I was down on myself. I fell into the trap of skill and pride 
and ended up in an effort to try to help somebody else and in an effort to think that I was so good at all of this that that I could wait around, I ended up turning a win into a loss. And I regret it. And it would be easy enough in this whole list of great results and amazing outcomes and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, the results I'm going to share with you in a minute, to just leave this out. It'd be easy enough to leave it out. But if I talk about it, as I said to start this, if I talk about it, I'm likely to avoid doing it the next time, and hopefully some of you do as well. We don't need to be so convinced that we can win and so convinced that we're good and so eager to help other people that we mess up our results in the process. And that's what I did here. Didn't mess up my total results, but did cause a loss in the situation that should not have created a loss. I had a sufficient win to wrap up and leave, and I gave that back and some of my other wins for earlier in the evening, thinking that I could help someone that had not asked for my help in any way, shape, or form. And shame on me for doing that. I told you I'd give you a summary of the results, and I'm going to just kind of do this in summary form. All the parking was comped, of course. We got a couple handbags. We got a gift card that got turned into gasoline. We've got some sheets. We got a comforter. We got two comp nights of hotel stay. We got a couple comped meals. We got lots of free slot play, lots of free bets. One a day's pay or more using Always Be Grinding in combination with the Meta Martingale. So that's TRG Wagering System 2 combined with TRG Wagering System 3. And I did that and we did that because my wife was with me at a combination of craps and blackjack tables. We combined that with some slot machine play using slot strategy El Numero Dos. We did that almost every day, 10 days out of 14. And there was an Easter holiday in there and some other things going on. We went to Tier 2 of the Meta Martingale twice. Went to Tier 3 of the Meta Martingale once and had a real struggle on Tier 3. Going to have some more insight into that for you in a little bit. But went to Tier 3 once, had a real struggle to stay in the game before half a hot shoe got me to my positive exit point for the building for the day. In total, we won over 12 days pay for the two-week period. 12 days pay in 10 days. That's a large win. Casino win number Casino Wisdom number 93 teaches us to handle large wins by making several small choices. And so that means that over the course of two weeks, lots of money went into various safes to take care of us in case of future losses. A donation was made to charity. Bills were paid with cash that normally would have been paid with debit cards. We made that series of small choices. We divided this very large win into appropriate places. I've been told that I'm a fraud and a scam artist for saying that casino gambling done using casino combat can be a reliable side hustle. I've been told that. 12 days pay in 10 days of gambling. I'm just going to leave that there and I'm going to let all of you decide on that topic of is this a reliable side hustle. Up next, a core concept segment that I hope you will find insightful. The core concepts of casino combat provide a mental framework, a foundation, if you will, a set of tools for being good at the game of casino gambling. I've covered the core concepts in a variety of ways, in a variety of formats. I've done it verbally in various episodes. I've done it verbally in the bootcamp playlist. I've written a blog post for the website. 
if you are new to the core concepts of casino combat, if you can't, honestly, if you're trying to do this, if you are interested in doing this the way I do it, if you're interested in doing this and having success, you ought to be able to write down, without my help, a paraphrased version of the core concepts of casino combat. You ought to be able to lay them down and write them out. You ought to have them memorized. The resources are there to do that. I don't need to do that here again today. I don't need to take up five to seven minutes, go through all the core concepts, talk about them again. They are out there. I encourage you to love them, live them, know them, uh, as uh, might be quoted from a movie. What I wanted to do today is I wanted to, once again, as we did last episode, and sometimes I end up on these trends and I hope they're useful, I wanted to provide the idea of the big picture core concepts, not an individual one, but what they do taken as a whole. And I'm going to give you a weird framework, a weird lens, a weird thought process to consider this. If it has not been obvious, and I suspect it clearly, clearly is, I certainly intended for it to be, I have been greatly influenced in a variety of ways and aspects well before this podcast by professional wrestling and not by professional wrestling so much the performances themselves impress me i recall my dad at a very young age saying people say this is fake but if it's fake he just faked falling 15 feet onto a concrete floor so i've been impressed with the behind the scenes aspect of it the the internal workings of professional wrestling the history of professional wrestling because you see at a time and, and this is going to make sense in a minute. Walk with me as we have the story that gets to the story about what I want to teach, please. Provide a little patience and a little grace and I'll get you there. There was a time when pro wrestling and pro boxing were very much similar. They were real athletic contests using real combat sports rules and with belts as top prizes. And often these boxing matches and professional wrestling matches took place at carnivals and festivals. This is pre-TV. This is maybe even in some cases pre-radio. And uh, there were wrestling federations that were licensed for professional combat sports competition. Well, gradually the two went away from each other. Professional wrestling matches, when conducted with like Olympic-style rules or American amateur rules, which are often called catch-as-catch-can rules, tend to be boring. If, In particular, if we're wrestling for submission, professional wrestlers can wrestle quite a while and not do anything that's always interesting. That's why UFC adds strikes to wrestling and other forms of uh, combat sports, because Pure wrestling only, pure take someone to the ground and pin their shoulders with a hold wrestling can be long and not very interesting. And some wrestlers decided behind the scenes amongst themselves that they would stage the fights and set up the results in ways that would attract more fans, attract more audience, attract more money. And gradually that got more and more ridiculous and more and more absurd until you have the professional wrestling that we have today that's broken well away from its carny roots. But back when it was a carnival thing, back when it was a trick, back when it was not admitted to people outside the business that this was fake, back when it was presented as real and presented as legitimate, Pro wrestling had its own language, and one of the parts of their language was the phrase marks. 
And marks were the chumps to be taken advantage of. Marks were the people that paid to see a fight. Marks were the people who believed that this wrestler really hated this wrestler, that this wrestler had really thrown this wrestler this way without help, etc., etc. They were foolish people who didn't understand what was going on and were being taken advantage of for profit. Roll forward from the Carney days, and eventually Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the owner of the WWF, which became the WWE, got in some legal trouble and had to admit that it was all fake. And the whole world kind of went, uh, yeah, most of us thought so anyway. And when that happened, a new set of fans were created. They were fans who were in on the joke, if you will. They were not marks. They were not being fooled. They were not being taken advantage of. They enjoyed the performances. They enjoyed the storytelling. They willingly paid money to see the performance, knowing it was a performance, because ultimately it was a tale of a good guy versus a bad guy. And and that was something that they enjoyed. And they enjoyed it while knowing what was going on behind the scenes, by understanding the inner workings. In the modern internet world, here's a great example, right? There might be a WWE event getting ready to go on, and the Marks can't wait to see who's going to win. The Marks are really into it. So-and-so hates so-and-so, because Marks still exist today, and mostly they're younger children, but they're super into it. The Smarks... The smart marks, they probably know that this performer is getting ready to get married and go on a honeymoon and has a month of time off scheduled and therefore that wrestler is losing. The mark is waiting to see who's going to win. The smart, the smart mark has a pretty good idea because of inside information who is going to win. Or they have information that gives them a perspective and a point of view vastly superior to the chump who is just there to be taken advantage of. So why did I give you all that? Well, I gave you all that because that's the framework. To me, a casino guest without the core concepts is a mark for the house. Casino games and carnies are not that far removed from each other. Once again, these carnivals would often have rigged games of various kinds for the carnival to take advantage of the mark, to take advantage of the person who didn't understand, for instance, that the basketball hoop was so small and so non-regulation that the shot was virtually impossible to make. You had almost no chance of winning the teddy bear. You're a mark if you're trying to win the teddy bear from the point of view of the carnival. And I feel like casino guests without the core concepts are in the same position. They're a mark. With the core concepts, we are smarks. We are smart marks. We know things and understand things that the average guest does not. We understand the behind the scenes stuff. We know to avoid six to five blackjack, or we know to avoid a roulette wheel with three zeros on it. We understand the math of the house advantage on the wagers we're going to make. We have a plan. We've calculated a bankroll. We have a wagering system. We know the inside information. We know the variance. We know the odds. And we know how to take advantage of that. We might lose for the day. We might. We certainly might lose for a table or for a machine. But we're not losing because we're chumps with no chance. We're not losing because we're marks. We're losing because some losing is an inevitable part of winning. You need to have that 
mindset. And I think the core concepts framework creates that mindset. Virginia casino player Doug, our inner circle member, created the, the, the term casino confident, spelling confidence with a K. You should be casino confident because you have the core concepts. You should be a smart, a smart mark. You should not be a chump there to be taken advantage of. Here's the last little analogy I want to leave you with on this. In the Terminator movies, a Terminator is often shown with uh, their computerized cyborg eye reviewing a situation and their uh, computer brain processing all the options and figuring out all the choices. And I often feel that way when I'm walking through a casino particularly a casino like my local casino that I know well. So when I'm moving through that casino, I am casino confident. I know the environment well. I know the rules at all the tables. I know the dealers. And so I'm going through going, doesn't matter, this whole side, six to five. Oh, what do we have here? All right, well, that whole table's full, and that's the front table where people usually just stop immediately because it's the first table that we get to. I don't want that one. Oh, what about the next table? Okay, Big Red is dealing there, not really where I want to be. Okay, what about the next table? Oh, there's two seats open there, but she is a super, super fast dealer. I don't want to play that fast. Oh, there's Raimondo. There's Big Dan. There's an empty seat. They're almost ready to shuffle the cards. That's where I want to be. I have kind of that process as I'm going in of the data just running through my head without me really doing anything because I have this mental framework, because I have this sense, this knowledge of how this all works. I have that behind the scenes understanding that lets me approach the casino very differently from someone who's walking in. I took a half day off work. I took $200 out of the ATM. I'm going to go get a beer. I'm here for my, for my afternoon of beers with my friends and losing my 200 bucks and I'll go play this. Oh, that was fun. I'll go play this. No plan, no real knowledge of the games, no real knowledge of the process. And no intent to play for profit, which is all fine. No offense to playing paying, uh, playing or gambling for entertainment. That's a, a perfectly worthwhile process. I just can't do it very often if, uh, if that's what's going to be going on, if that's what I'm going to be doing. I need to gamble for profit. And that means that I need to use the core concepts to be a smart mark, not a mark, not a chump to be taken advantage of. There are plenty of marks in every casino. We need them. They pay the bills for the house and provide the money the house pays us. We need them. But we get to be the smart marks. We get to be the smarks because we have the core concepts. Next up on our battle plan, let's do a moment of casino wisdom. One of my favorite casino wisdoms is casino wisdom number 58, and it's taken from a Roman general, and it's simply, luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation. Uh, the, the, it alludes to the idea that there really is no thing, such thing as luck, that you simply need to be prepared and take advantage of an opportunity when it's presented. And this is so important to me that I even have a small knife that I had custom made that has that exact phrase engraved on the blade, and it's a knife that I keep with me everywhere I go. So a week or so ago, I'm, I'm at my local bar, I'm, I'm having my have discipline, take 
show notes, do show prep kind of moment. I'm enjoying my cocktail and I finish up and the bartender says, good luck. And of course I say thanks. And, and, but I'm thinking in my head, you know, just, okay, good luck. Yeah, thanks. But what I'm thinking is I'm prepared. I just need an opportunity. I just need one opportunity. That's all I need. And this is going to be fine. And keep in mind, this is also in the course of going in, winning my money, leaving, going in, winning my money, leaving. I've been doing that a lot lately. I've been doing that since like March 10th. That's a wonderful thing. That's a nice binge to be on. A casino wisdom should be based on knowledge of or experience with how casinos operate combined with an action to be taken. Now, I know from experience and from reviewing the numbers for House Advantage on various games, I know I have the knowledge that results at the games that I play are random and are roughly 50-50. They are basically coin toss games. And I know that strings of negative and positive results will occur. That's called variance. I have a wagering system and a casino plan designed to look for strings of positive results and exploit them and leave. That same process causes me to leave when the negative parts occur before it just keeps going and going and going. So as I'm stepping away from that bar, as I'm saying thank you for thank you for wishing me good luck, uh, if luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation, then what the marks consider luck to refer back to our core concept segment from just a few minutes ago, what the marks consider luck, what the rubes and the chumps that are just there to lose their money to be taken advantage of consider luck is almost inevitable for us. It is almost inevitable for someone who knows what we are doing the way we know how to do it. I'm prepared. And preparation includes techniques to minimize negative results and find opportunities. That's what this is all uh, about. This is why I wanted to come back to this. If you pull everything together, we are not believing in luck. We are simply believing that because of all of our understanding and knowledge, all of our preparation, and in our case, our preparation with our wagering systems is designed to hunt out opportunities and then take advantage of those opportunities and that's what i was thinking about as i went to the casino floor as i went to to take to go through my process i'm thinking i'm prepared to find an opportunity i don't need luck that doesn't exist but i have my preparation i'm ready to go so i'm thinking you're wondering what happened i'm thinking you're wondering how that went This was the tier three day that I talked about in the results segment. This was that day. I lost. I struggled. I took small five to seven unit losses at two tier tables playing a tier one system. Using TRG wagering system to always be grinding two small losses. I move up to tier two for the next blackjack table and I lose. I move up to tier three of the Meta Martingale. Now everything's multiplied by four. And I struggled in the high limit room to stay in the game. I had several situations where I made the last bet that I was willing to make. And it's going to take a seven unit loss or something near a seven unit loss at the high limit table at the third tier. But I did stay in the game. And then in just a few minutes, very quickly at the beginning of the shoe, there was the opportunity. The hands were easy. The wins were easy. We got on the positive side of the progression. We got moving up with wins by half a unit. And those half unit go ups are twice the size of 
our starting unit at a tier one Meta Martingale, and very quickly, it's easy. It's easy because of the plan. And the profit goal was accomplished, and I was out the door. I was prepared. My preparation found an opportunity. I was, by definition, lucky. <laughs> All right, let's go hang out in the virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Our lounge is open. Welcome to the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, where we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. That rare bottle of 25-year-old scotch, we've got a virtual bottle. That unique handcrafted artisanal soda from 100 miles from where you live, we've got plenty of virtual bottles. Clear and sparkling water, virtually locally bottled, of course. Pour yourself a virtual drink if you need to. If you can, press pause and pour something fun. Join me if you can. I am having what I call an adult juice box today. And an adult juice box is Crown Whiskey uh, Royal Apple Shaken, not stirred. It is like apple juice, and that can get you in trouble, which is why I am having a very short pour today. I am not trying to be irresponsible in my beverage consumption. Once again, apologize if we are going to go a bit around and about today to get to some things both funny, fun, and perhaps informative. That's the goal, entertain and inform. When my sister went to college, she would often say things that... uh were local to our community. We grew up in a very small town. And so there were things that would get said like, oh, that's crooked. It's leaning toward the Wilsons. Well, if you weren't from our small town, you would not know that the Wilsons owned a great big chunk of farmland and virtually anything that was crooked in town was probably pointed in that direction. And my sister would say some of these various things, repeat these things, and her teammates in college, uh, she was on a sports team, and her teammates would look at her and say, what? And so at one point, she just said, oh, those are Jesse-isms, and uh, referring to my my mom's first name, and uh, you know her first name is Jesse, and so they would say, she, my sister would say, oh, those are just Jesse-isms. Those are just things that, that my mom says, don't worry about it. Well, I wanted to kind of extend that thought process to some TRG-isms. There are a couple phrases that I often say at a blackjack table, and I say them to be amusing, and I say them to try to be funny, and I say them because if you spend enough black time at blackjack tables as I do, eventually you just run out of things to say, or the same things get said so often that they're boring. So there are some TRG-isms, and they are intended to be absurd, and they have a purpose, or I think they have a purpose, and I guess in some ways you can decide. So the first one that I like is uh, is based off of, there's a movie called 21, uh, about a team of card counters, and uh, the phrase winner, winner, chicken dinner was used in that movie and was kind of brought into mainstream culture, into mainstream gambling culture, certainly. But it's a phrase that comes up over and over, winner, winner, chicken dinner, said when some significant wager is made and won. I like to bend that. I like to bend that a lot. I like to bend that intentionally because I like to say, dinner, dinner, chicken, winner. And so what happens when that happens? Well, often, often... 
people assume, both players and the house, that I am so intoxicated that I got it all backwards. And that's perfect. I will get to in a second why that, in a minute, minute, in a second, I will explain why that's perfect, but that's perfect. If the conclusion is that I am so drunk that I got the phrase winner, winner, chicken, dinner backwards and instead said dinner, dinner, chicken, winner, I'm good with that. That is okay. The other thing that happens is that someone will decide to take pity on me and that they need to correct me. And they need to tell me that the correct phrase is winner, winner, chicken, dinner. And when they do that, then I explain to them that I don't agree. That if I win a chicken dinner, I eat once. I would much rather be a winner and win a chicken because then instead of one dinner, I can have a meal every single day, which get people thinking a bit, maybe, or maybe it's just that the first part is absurd. Either way, I do have some logic behind it. I have some fun with it and it serves another purpose. To play off of that a little bit, there is another phrase and it goes, every once in a while, a blind squirrel catches a nut. And it speaks to the idea that even in poor situations, i.e. the situation of being a blind squirrel and trying to decide, good things can randomly happen. A nut can be found. I Once again, I like to bend that. I like to mess with that a little bit. Another TRG-ism is to say, every once in a while, a blind nut catches a squirrel. Again, usually people's behavior, people's response suggests that the people in the area think, I've drunkenly gotten this one backwards. And they'll nod and they'll agree and they'll say, yes, sure. And occasionally, once again, I get challenged and I get corrected. In fact, fun little Gabriel story. Gabriel and I Gabriel and I are in the, the VIP lounge at our local casino back when there was a VIP lounge and they had some blackjack tables in there. And we used to get together there on Friday afternoon because the bar opened at 2, the tables opened about 2.30, so we'd get there, we'd have a, a hangout cocktail, and then we'd start playing blackjack. And it was very much like having our own private club. And that means that the drinks came quickly and easily if we wanted them. And so at one point, I say, well, you know, every once in a while, a blind nut catches a squirrel, and Gabriel looks at me and rolls his eyes and says, TRG, it's a blind squirrel catches a nut. No, no, it's not a blind. And I said, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that nuts have eyes? And he's like, well, no. I said, okay, so by definition, the, all nuts are blind. So then are you telling me that there is no random chance, there is no one in a billion possibility that said nut, which has no eyes, somehow manages to catch a squirrel. Maybe it's a lame squirrel, maybe it's an old squirrel, but isn't it possible that randomly, one in a billion times, a nut which does not have eyes somehow manages to catch a squirrel? And we both had some cocktails, so Gabriel did have to admit that, in fact, it was statistically possible that at some point, a nut which does not have eyes would catch a squirrel, i.e., a blind nut could possibly catch a squirrel randomly. There are some stereotypes that I use these to play into, and I use them for advantage, I use them with purpose, or I flatter myself to say that I use them with purpose. And here's the first casino stereotype. It's fairly well documented that the house, casino employees, have a stereo of someone they call a lucky drunk. 
This is not someone that's good at gambling. This is not someone that's winning because they're skilled. This is not someone that's winning because they're cheating or counting cards. They are. This person is just drunk and getting lucky in their results. And obviously that will eventually turn around and it will go the other way and it will go in favor of the house. That is their thinking. I often am winning. Sometimes I am winning big. I generally have a cocktail before I gamble and I often, depending on the situations, have a cocktail with me while I am gambling. I am rarely drunk in a meaningful way. I am happy to encourage them, both through the fact that they can smell the apple bourbon in my cup and on my breath, and by my behavior, saying ridiculous things like dinner, dinner, chicken, winner, I like to encourage them to believe that my results are simply the results of being a lucky drunk. I want to show them what they are expecting to see. I want to create for them the illusion that I am not winning because of skill or ability, that I am simply getting lucky because I've had so much to drink that I don't know what I'm doing. And occasionally, these phrases help to reinforce that idea. And so that is why I do that. And now I want to point you to another stereotype, which is mentally also very powerful for me, both in the use of these TRG-isms and in the use of this stereotype, this house stereotype of big wins happening to lucky drunks. I want to point you to a Eastern martial arts stereotypical form, a Eastern form called drunken kung fu. And drunken kung fu really does exist. It is a real form of kung fu. And it uses a lot of lurching movements and flailing motions. And it's been incorporated into a form of Shanolin kung fu. In fact, Jackie Chan, the movie star, uh, uses this martial arts style a lot. He looks like he is just flailing around, grabbing stuff at random, getting lucky in his success in fights because of his style, because of his behavior. In fact, this drunken kung fu style, this idea of a hidden master who isn't what they appear to fool those around you, is an archetype that George Lucas had in mind when he created Yoda and Yoda's first introduction to the public in the movie Empire Strikes Back. Yoda plays off of this stereotype. Luke Skywalker has been sent by Force Ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi to seek out Jedi Master Yoda, a powerful user of the Force. By definition, a powerful warrior. Luke initially perceives a foolish old creature. A silly creature, a not serious creature, a creature that says and does ridiculous things. And Luke is frustrated because he's not being directed by this foolish creature to the Jedi Master. And then he is surprised to find out that this silly fool in front of him is, in fact, the Jedi Master, is, in fact, a very powerful warrior. I like to flatter myself that I use these nonsensical phrases as a drunken master technique to show the house a lucky drunk. And at the same time, testing the perception skills of the house's team and my fellow players in much the same way that Yoda was testing Luke's perception skills. Maybe that's just self-flattery. Maybe that's just me being my own head. And maybe it's not. I know that often these things work. I'm not saying you should take my TRGism. I am not using those to say, oh, you should take these and you should do these. But what I am saying is that often someone who's very skilled 
can use the expectations of others to their advantage. Much as Jackie Chan does, most as much as the character Yoda does, done well, done right, we become masters at the craft of casino gambling. We develop master level skills and not always demonstrating those skills as skills can have some advantages. And that's the message I was trying to bring you today with these TRG-isms and these stereotypes of both the drunken master and the house's stereotype of the lucky drunk. Tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Do not tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for the privilege of your time. Thank you for listening.